are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are almost here. Don't miss the big storylines and team previews you can find every day on the Locked On NBA podcast. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Spurs and the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, as usual, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. And the stage is set. We know who the San Antonio Spurs are playing this Wednesday, and it is the Memphis Grizzlies in the play-in game. We're going to be breaking down the Spurs-Grizzlies matchup today right here on Locked On Spurs, uh, looking back at how they did in the regular season. What's ahead for San Antonio taking on Memphis? Is it more than just John Morant the Spurs got to worry about? What about for San Antonio? What do they got to do to uh, get the win and advance? To do that and more, I'm joined by, well, a guy who's on a, a good, I guess, loose winning streak. James Pledger, his third one, two times in a row now. You did the did the Friday, and then now you're here on a Monday, and then you did one before that. I, I got to say, James, ESPN San Antonio is pretty much taking over lockdown spurs. It, it really is. I mean, my streak is almost as impressive as the Spurs losing streak to close out the regular season. That four games in a row for them? <laughs> yeah. What a way to go into the playing game, huh? It's not great, but, I mean, you saw good things against the Suns. I mean, Quindary yeah. Weatherspoon, 11 points in 12 minutes. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had, what, 23 and 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, Obviously, they cleared out their bench early in that in that mm-hmm. final game of the year to kind of rust their guys. Yeah. Um, Jakob had what seventeen and ten, mm-hmm. double double. So, I mean, there were some bright spots in it, and then you got to see some of the other guys that you normally don't get to see late in the season uh, or late in that game, as mm-hmm. Trey Jones and Quindary Weatherspoon, and you know, Keita Bates Giop looked pretty good in, in mm-hmm. his limited minutes and you know there was there was positives to take away from it right mm-hmm. it definitely was yeah i mean at this point of this first season you got to hang on to the positives uh, as you uh get ready to face the grizzlies and in case you don't do it and you should do it now make sure to follow james uh, on twitter at i am pledger he is a co-host of the saturday morning hangover uh check that out on espn san antonio radio all right, uh, well, the Spurs and Grizzlies met three times in the regular season. The Spurs only won once. Spurs got them twice. Uh, one thing that we've learned, at least in the regular season, is that the Grizzlies can't put up points. And against San Antonio, they did that and then some. Uh, <laughs> you, you look at you look at the Grizzlies and you're like, okay, yeah, you scored quite a bit on San Antonio in the regular season. But the Spurs, you know, at least in that moment in time, their defense really wasn't that great. Um, yeah, you know, very porous. You know, they, they allow too many three-point shots. Uh, Grizzlies, they hit theirs. But in the, what do you learn? What did you learn from the Spurs team taking on Memphis in the regular season? Um, they played them the first game of the year. That was the only win that the Spurs got. And other than that, I mean, it's always and even like the other night against the Suns. It's just a random one-off by some dude that is going to give you a whole bunch of buckets, uh, like each one more for the Suns the other mm-hmm. night. It's always some random dude uh, off the bench that comes in 
and eviscerates the Spurs. And mm-hmm. you saw that in their matchups with the Grizzlies as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's Melton went for 21 nights to lead them off the bench. Uh, he had 17, and there are other win against the Spurs. Uh, Gorgie Dang had 19 and 15 against the Spurs. Now, he is obviously a Spur now, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just it's players that go off against them. Uh, Dylan Brooks usually has really good matchups against the Spurs. He went for 14, right. one night, and 20 another. I mean, it's... For for as much as you worry about John Morant, the night he got his with 44 in that opener of the season, the Spurs won that game 131-119. And those other matchups, Ja had 19 and 11 and 13 and 8. I mean, he he as scary as Ja is, it's the other players that surround Absolutely. him. It's the Brandon Clarks. It's the mm-hmm. uh, Giannis Valanciunas. It's the Meltons. It's the Brooks. It's the Kyle. The Kyle Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Those are the guys that always end up torching the Spurs, and you almost think it's better for Ja to just go get his and mm-hmm. suffer those consequences rather than you know, let the entire rest of the team eviscerate you. Yeah, the uh, the Spurs, as James mentioned, uh, did drop the last two meetings in the regular season to the Grizzlies. So the Spurs are going into that uh, play-in uh, game uh, on a two-game losing streak to Memphis. Now, one thing that stood out for me is rebounding. The uh, Spurs lost the rebounding battle in the final two meetings uh, versus uh, Memphis. Uh, Memphis got a, a whopping 53 rebounds in the final meeting in the regular season versus San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And then before that, 45 to, to 38. It seems to me, and then, you know, obviously the the other killer for San Antonio was just a three-point shooting, you know, but that's been an issue for them all season. Uh, in the final game, Memphis connected on 15 to San Antonio's 13 and the previous 17 to 13 uh, makes for Memphis. So it seems to me it's just an Achilles heel for San Antonio going into Memphis that's just magnified rebounding and three-point shooting. Those two indicators, statistical categories, seem to determine who's going to win this game. Because you look at that first game, San Antonio won the rebounding battle. Yeah, and they also had LaMarcus Aldridge in that game. So Marcus LaMarcus has since retired, and, you know, you – Sure, you got to win the rebounding. You got to shoot threes uh, at a higher clip than the other team. But that's that's almost kind of open copy and paste for any NBA team in any NBA game. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you win the rebounding and you outshoot them in three point percentage, you're probably going to win that game. I mean, that's that's just kind of the status quo across the league. But I think even more important than that is. What's this team going to do th- defensively? Because I, they have had their issues with most of that team. Like, you know, you've got guys going off and, and having career games against the right. Spurs that, you know, you, you have to look them up and be like, who's Melton? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Brooks is a great guy, but you you look at some of these guys that go off, and, and you just like, all right, that's what you got to limit, <laughs> okay? 
maybe maybe don't let Kyle Anderson destroy you. Maybe, you know, try and keep – maybe letting Ja go get his is fine as long as you're clamped down so fully on the rest of the team that that's not an issue because mm-hmm. I would rather deal with one guy going off than eight you you look at the Grizzlies team and look you know we'll talk about Jaw in a bit but you've been hitting on, hitting on it yeah it's the Dylan Brooks it's the Kyle Andersons it's the Valanciunas et cetera et cetera the, you know here's the thing though when I look at the matchups I'm saying okay well we know Jaw is going to present a problem but I'm a little worried about Yaka Proto going against the Bigs of Memphis you're Valanciunas uh, you're you're, you're who else is on that? Your Kyle Anderson. I guess they stick him in Jaren there. Really well. The Jaron Jacksons. To and me, Jaron Jackson's he, the one that scares me even more than anyone because if he gets switched on to Jakob, that's it's game over. <laughs> because out on the perimeter, Jakob is a liability. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps you make you feel that your life is just easier. You need Indeed. And it is the job site that makes hiring easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that must have those must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Look, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Once again, if you're hiring, you need Indeed. And with tools like Indeed Instant Match, which gives you the quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. And yes, Indeed does have skill tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose for more than 130 skill tests and then add your must-have requirements. Only you pay for the only applicants that meet them. Once again, if you're hiring, you need Indeed. You can get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And that's and that's what I'm worried about. And I think as much as you look at Jaws being the the guy that the Spurs got a key on, I think it's the bigs for me going into this matchup versus uh, Memphis. Can Jakob? Can Drew Eubanks? Can Rudy Gay? Because sometimes he plays the five, mm-hmm. hang in there versus these uh, bigs uh, versus Memphis. And these these bigs versus Memphis are well. First of all, Valentino it's just a load. He's just huge. But he's a very skilled big, and he can block, he can rebound. He, he, I mean, he presented a problem to Jakob throughout their meetings. I mean, that's you can just go back and look at that. But then you mentioned Jared Jackson, the athletic big. Those, he's the prototypical big that Jakob has a lot of uh, problems with. And if mm-hmm. you're the coaching staff for Memphis, you're pulling Jakob out of that paint, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, even with Valanciunas, Valanciunas can shoot the outside shot, so why wouldn't I be trying to do a high screen roll to get Jakob switched onto whether it's Ja or Brooks or Kyle Ender or somebody out on the perimeter? I'm going to expose that because that's been the book on exposing the Spurs all season long. 
as great as Jakob has played and as much as he helps defensively within the paint, he is a liability if you put him out around the perimeter. And that's what all these teams are doing. If you watch it, they're all getting him to switch out on the perimeter and it becomes a liability. And then the defense is spread so much further. And that last rotation has to cover so much ground on the backside. That's why these teams get these wide-open three looks against them is because the the defense has so much ground that they have to cover up to make up for Jakob being out on the perimeter that that extra pass usually gets them to a wide, wide-open shooter, usually in the corner, because you're having to cheat and stretch to help to cover for Jakob. Yeah, and you look at the last two losses to San, uh, to Memphis for San Antonio. Valanciunas didn't even play either of them. I think he was out um, mm-hmm. in the final two meetings. So um, you know he's going to definitely be a new wrinkle in the in the Spurs game planning for Memphis. How question? How big are we going to see the losses of no Derek White and dare I say even no Lucas Samanich? At least he's out there. He could. You know, at six foul, that's he's young, and you know, we've seen him play pretty good defense. You know, I, I think those pieces are going to be sorely missed against Memphis. Sure, but do we know for sure that Derek's out? Not, not hundred percent. You know, no. I mean, he was because on the bench. How long ago know. was that injury? And you know, could this just be the Spurs trying to? limit him as much as possible after the injury to see if there's a possible return to be made for the play. And like, I know his season was quote unquote likely done, but the regular season is now over. So maybe that's the season they meant. I don't know how long his projected uh, ankle injury was supposed to keep him out, but is there a chance he could return in, in a miraculous fashion? Even if not, though, which is more likely than not, as Derek is done for the season and won't be there on, on Wednesday night. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're missing pieces, but they've missed pieces all year long. And it's more so than anything, the, the Spurs need to address two things going into next year, they're going to be in big trouble just like they were this year. They need to shoot a better percentage from behind the arc because they don't really have players that shoot at a high clip behind the arc. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not there. You've seen them struggle unless they're hot. And when they're hot, they can hang with anyone. When, Mm -hmm. when When they're hitting and when Patty Mills is in fuego, game over. I mean, that that's a recipe for Spurs victory, but they don't have a lot of that right now. The other thing they don't have, they don't have a guy that can switch out on the perimeter as a big. They need an athletic, bouncy big that can switch and defend multiple positions out towards the perimeter and not be such a defensive liability the way we've seen Jakob Pertl exposed at times. You you Those look at this two matchup. Huge things that the Spurs right. lack that the Grizzlies. If if I'm them, I'm is every every second that Jakob's in there, I'm making them switch out uh, on the mm-hmm. perimeter. 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah, you're you're definitely doing that. You're you're pulling him out and you're putting him in the pick and roll constantly. And you have a guy that can play the pick and roll career, John Morant. You know, he he loves that. He loves attacking that rim. And what better way to give him space than having a big boy like Jan, uh, you know, Valanciunas set those picks for him, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing. The good news is that every road team won in the regular season series. So if they're looking for any type of positive uh, vibe heading into this game is – well, there's that, you know, I mean, uh, the Spurs are a good road team. They will beat Memphis in their gym. So there's that, listeners. You know, if you want to hang all your hat onto something positive. Uh, how w- Was this the matchup between the Grizzlies and, and the Warriors? Was this the bigger of the two evils? Did you Would you have rather preferred the Warriors getting to that, uh, losing and getting to that slot? Or was Memphis kind of the nightmare matchup? I mean, let's be face it, neither neither matchup was beneficial to the Spurs. I didn't see either one being a, a great win, a net positive for them mm-hmm. <laughs> when you when you get down to it. Um yeah, um this one probably a little bit worse just because of the amount of players that Memphis can run at you when you're only really worried about maybe Steph Stephen Draymond or Steph Draymond and Wiggins if you're bowing the Warriors. But Steph could also go for 60 against you. Right. And there's just no stopping him. But Jockin, as he proved this season, can go for 44 against you. So not all of it's great. And neither matchup was extremely enticing. But what the Spurs did show is against whether it was the Suns, not these last two, but earlier in the season, or against the Milwaukee Bucks, or you know against the Lakers or the Clippers. Even the Spurs can one off anyone, and if they're hot from behind the arc, there's a good chance that they can win this game and maybe the next playing game and become an actual playoff team. That's not out of the realm of possibility just because we've seen it multiple times. Now, in a series, when you can make switches and you have to worry about consistency, that's one thing we haven't really seen a whole lot of out of the Spurs this year is consistency. So in an actual playoff series, I feel less confident than I do in a play-in series because we've seen when it comes to a one-off type scenario, the Spurs can beat anybody. When they're game planning for John Morant, and he's going to be probably be one of the bigger headaches for the Spurs in the game, are you sagging off him? The Warriors were, were did that a lot in their, uh, their game against uh, Memphis uh, to close out the season. And then just during the regular season, teams were doing that. Give John that mid-range three-point shot, don't let him attack because that is his bread and butter. That's where he gets his his money. I think the Spurs got to just dare him to take that shot, uh, Pledger. Yeah, well, sure. Sag, let him let him have a shot if you need to, but at the same time, like, I'm letting him get his. And we've seen Pop t- take this strategy against a lot of, like, great NBA players throughout his coaching career. You may singularly beat me, but the rest of the team isn't. Like, 
if you can do it on your own, go for it. We've seen him do it against Kobe and other players. Like You may very well beat me, but it's going to be a lot harder for you to beat me single-handedly than if you are going off and we continue to collapse on you and now everyone else around you also goes off. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs. That includes the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Once again, head to the website right now, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert, use promo code LOCKEDON. Boat Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Now, they got nine delicious flavors and they got the occasional limited time flavor. So good, in fact, that I'm going through boxes left and right. I cannot wait for my next shipment of the Built Bar boxes because I go through them like that because they taste like candy, and they really do, but they're not. They're a good, healthy, alternative treat, and those treats slash protein bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And some of the flavors you can get, raspberry, cherry, coconut almond, coconut, mint brownie, the list goes on and on. There's something for everyone. And look, if, if you can't pick which ones you want. Well, the good news is that Bill Bar has a mix box where you get a two of each of the nine flavors. Those flavors, well, most of them have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. You can't go wrong by getting yourself a box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. That's LOCK15 to get yourself 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Some numbers to look at as the Spurs get ready to take on Memphis uh, midweek, Wednesday. Yeah, by the way, yeah, it will be this Wednesday in Memphis, 6.30 San Antonio, 7.30 Eastern. Tune in for that game. It will be a road game, so... Yay, it's on the road, not in San Antonio. Good job, Spurs, <laughs> in that department. The yes, the, the the Grizzlies are in the top 10 when it comes to field goals made, actually number seven, uh, to close out the season. 42.8 field goal makes per game. So that's something to keep an eye on. As far as three-point attempts, uh, well, Memphis uh, does uh, like to take a lot. Uh, they, well, a lot more than San Antonio, let's put it that way. Uh, Memphis uh, averages about 31 three-point attempts to San Antonio's bottom of the league, James, 28.4. At this point in the season, that ain't going to change. Uh, you know, they, they, they just don't take three-point shots. Um, yeah. That, that's it's just, been a constant yeah. complaint of mine all season. You can go back to any one of our previous Locked On Spurs podcasts. Yeah. Just go search them, subscribe, and just go back and look. Anytime I've been on, I've complained about how few three-pointers the Spurs take and how they are unwilling to adapt to what the NBA has become. And when you're trading twos for threes, you're usually going to lose that battle when teams are shooting at a high percentage from three-point land. Absolutely. And Memphis also finishes out the season ranked fourth in the league in rebounds per game at 465 so they definitely love to control that board, those second-chance opportunities for them. Spurs, the middle of the pack, 18th in the league at 43.9 rebounds per game. 
So again, as we highlighted to start the show, three-point shooting and rebounding, they're going to be a couple key things to watch out in the game. Uh, you're looking at San Antonio now. I mean, what what is the mindset? What do you think they have to go in? I mean, look, they they don't have pressure. It's it's not on them. You know, Drew Eubanks highlighted that. DeMar DeRozan highlighted that uh, to close out the season, saying like, hey, yeah, we know we're the underdogs, but we'll embrace it. It seems to me they got nothing to lose, so just let it all go out there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the antithesis of most of the season. They haven't had much to lose most of the season. And hopefully they can play like it for a couple of games, go off and sneak themselves back into the playoffs and restart this streak. But you you just worry about this team's ability to, especially in this upcoming game against Memphis, clean the glass mm-hmm. and defend the three-point line while conversely making a decent amount of the few threes that you take. And yeah. that's just, that's the rest the Spurs recipe for success, but it's not been a recipe that they've been very good yeah. at this year. Not at all. Uh, some more numbers as uh, the game uh, is uh, looming for San Antonio and Memphis. Uh, Grizzlies ranked fifth in the league in assists per game at 26.9. They love to share the ball. And, of course, the Spurs uh, near the bottom, well, middle of the pack again at 24.4 assists per game. If there's a player on the San Antonio roster you're looking at and saying, you know what, I need this guy to shine in this one game, who would that be, James? Probably can, – can I give you, I guess, two? Sure, go for it. Well, obviously you need DeMar to play like DeMar. Yeah. DeMar's been the the lead all year long, so you need, obviously, DeMar to be his normal, regular self. And that should be pretty standard. Like, you don't expect DeMar to have a bad or off game. He doesn't have many all season long, and he is consistently giving you about 25 points a night. So, including against the Suns the other night, to close out the regular season in 25 uh, five minutes, he had 23 points. So I'm expecting DeMar to just be his normal self, and, and you're mm-hmm. going to need that. You also, DeJounte is going to be huge. I think DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray is going to be huge because he helps on on the glass, both offensively and defensively. He is a big part of that and his ability to go in with the with the trees and just use his God-given athleticism to just sky up there and, and rip boards down. Mm-hmm. You're Absolutely, also you know. likely going to have him defending John Morant. And yeah. offensively, we've seen him expand his game, and this is kind of the step we expected him to take last year. But coming off that injury, it was just such a slow start and the limited minutes early in the season. And then just everything just seemed to snowball, and he never really got his footing under him till towards the end of the season. And then the season shut down. So, yeah, I think DeJounte is going to be a huge catalyst because he's he's going to be the face of this franchise as we move forward, and I think we can see that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, you know, I'm looking at Trey Jones to get into his brother's head and find out exactly what Memphis is doing. So, Trey, your job is to talk to your brother Tyus and find out what Memphis is doing. Just kidding. But no, I was right. I was right there with you. You know, be, you know, before you know, when I let you answer the question, you know, I was going to follow that up by saying Dejounte that he was actually number one on my list. I said I was going to need Dejounte to really take the next step in this uh, playing game. And yeah, I think he would. And, and he is the most yeah. important piece. Yeah, but you still need Demar to be Demar. <laughs> Right, and but you know you can count on Demar to do that. I think you can. I I think you know he's really saying it out there that he's gonna try to let the young guys know that you know I'm here if you need to get this any type of advice or words of of encouragement and into a game situation like this. I think he will bring that. Yeah. It's just though the the next who's gonna be the next to do it, and you know right there I was right there with you with Dejounte. I'm looking at him. Uh, another guy too that. You know, I'm gonna need Jakob to be to be to be better. You know, I, I know what Memphis is gonna do. I know Memphis is gonna pull him out, stick him in that pick and rolls we're talking. But I just need, oh man, I just need what we saw versus Phoenix again. Uh, you know, maybe just a, a bit more. I think he might be the key to this whole thing because if if Memphis is gonna expose him, then he needs to be aware. Oh, look, I'm pretty sure they're aware of it. They, they, we, they have the tape. They know what happened. You know, they're going to talk with Jakob. Uh, but I just don't want, you know, him to just say, you know, I don't want that whole groundhog day to repeat itself. We saw it three times in the regular season, Jakob getting exposed and picked on. He can't let it happen again. So I think he's going to need to have help. You're going to need to have guys calling it out for him. You're getting in the pick and roll. Do something about it. Hey, watch out. You know, this is, they're coming at you. You just, just communicate with Jakob. Try to help him as best you can. Uh, some more numbers, James. If Patty goes eight of eleven from three. I think that's a pretty good sign too. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> numbers here. Well, I mean, he his, Patty's. You know, he's he upped his game to close this season. You know, he had a horrible stretch. I mean, it was bad. Uh, so he's coming on of late. I, I spoke he with uh, for the month of April from three. Yeah, it was just ridiculously bad. I, I spoke to. Uh, uh, Kata Bates, and um, he told me that he just like he kind of like is like exhale like Whew, I'm glad Patty's back you know uh, during that you know these last few games of the season. So if, if his reaction is like that, you know you can only imagine what the other team is thinking about knowing that Patty is being Patty once again. Uh, the Grizzlies finished the season tied for first in steals, Jame at nine point one per game. Um, that yeah, I think that's something the Spurs definitely got to keep an eye on defensively. Memphis is just a, just a, just a wee bit better than San Antonio, oh. so Yay. they get the steals, they get the rebounds, they make more three point shots, they take more three point shots. It Spurs got a lot on their plate versus Memphis, don't they? Yeah, I mean the Grizzlies are an incredibly deep team, and they seem to perform extremely well. Whether it's Brandon Clark or uh, John Morant or Jaron Jackson or Valanchunas or Melton or Kyle Anderson. Like, we've seen multiple, multiple players on this Grizzlies team go off specifically against this San Antonio team. So I think limiting basically how many players go off. I, I think it's going to be very important to not get exposed in that high pick and roll with Jakob to, for them to be able to switch out defensively. And if that means John Morant goes for 44 like he did in the first game, 
let Ja go for 44, but don't compound the issue by collapsing on Jaw and letting Melton go for 20 and Jackson, uh, or, uh, sorry, um, Brooks Clark go for, oh. or 15 or Dylan mm-hmm. Brooks go for 25 too. Like don't compound the issue by trying to collapse on something. Let that happen. If you take away the other pieces, you're going to have a better chance at success than you would if you didn't. You know, something that Spurs fans, you know, talk about heading into this series, and I've seen it already on social media saying, well, you know, Memphis, they're not battle tested. You know, I mean, the Spurs got an edge on that. They're not battle tested. Well, I mean, this crew right now is really not battle tested as well. Um, You know, this is the first time for the Spurs to be in a play-in tournament. Um, just as I, I believe Memphis is right. They didn't make the play in last year. My, my, my memory serves correct. So this is did. almost like they did. Okay. Well, then if they did, then, then, then great, but there's still not a sense of, well, you know, this, the Spurs team, you know, was going in there completely raw in this type of scenario. You know, they, mm-hmm. they pushed it last year in the bubble. I mean, they were knocking on the playoffs door and, um, you know, and I think they felt that sense of urgency to get to that playoffs, or at least, well, I'm sorry, the play-in last year. And I think they they feel that sense of urgency again. Uh, you know, it's win or go home. It's basically that. And, I, you know, the same thing for Memphis. They're going to go with that same mindset. But if you're looking at the teams, I, I think they're almost on an even field. Uh, you, you know, yeah. They, yeah, yeah and that's, what, that's my feeling right now. I mean, it feels that way, but it feels like the Grizzlies are further along because a bunch of the the guys that you worry about or look to as the future, they are, you know, they feel more battle tested in in a sense mm-hmm. of just minutes played. Like they they feel like they've probably seen more, done more, been through more, and you wonder about. You know, is Pop gonna insert Devin Vassell in an important situation in the game? Is Lonnie Walker ready for the opportunity if it so arises? Because these guys literally haven't been in these situations. The only guy with any kind of playoff experience outside of you know the the big ones like Demar and Rudy or Patty. The outside of those veterans, what young guys have been put in any situation that has this kind of leverage to it? Right. Venture to say the only person would be DeJounte Murray because he had to kind of fill the role when Patty uh, or when Tony mm-hmm. Parker's quad exploded, basically. Yeah. Yeah. In the playoffs against Houston. And Houston, he had to yeah. step in and lead that team from there. He's the only person on that roster that is of this young core that has experienced any kind of playoff or high stakes, like kind of minutes. Right. I can't think of another younger player that's had any, any, even regular season, just high leverage type situation. Yeah. Did, Did Proto experience that in Toronto? 
when he's over there. Yeah, I, I mean, it was he, he yeah, was part yeah. of that bench unit, that that second yeah. unit in Toronto. Yeah. But it, I meant of the young guys. Like of I the young expected, guys, yeah. because he was with Demar, and and so obviously I didn't mm-hmm. include Demar. I'm not including right. those guys. I'm including the Spurs young guys, the Keldons, the yeah. guys that we specifically know that this team is going to be featuring very prominently mm-hmm. very soon. Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker. Right. Yeah, uh, th- their education, their NBA education is about to take a nice little uh, chapter right now uh, when they face Memphis. And I, I, think, I think they got it. But at the end of the day, how do you see this game going down? I mean, we kind of broke it down. We saw the strengths and weaknesses of each team. Look at some numbers. And it just comes down to one game. That's it. Mm-hmm. And one game. You know, whatever just whatever just comes down to that coaching it comes down. Who does which coach does uh, out executes the other? I mean, it may come down to that. It could, but I I specifically think this is going going to come down to how hot are the Spurs from behind the arc? Yeah, I personally my opinion what i've watched of the spurs all season long is if this team gets hot from behind the stripe they're going to win if not it's going to be probably a blowout and if they're just kind of average and and, and shooting about the same as the other team then you're going to see a really close game we've seen it against philly we've seen it against you know countless teams this year where they've taken them to overtime or down to the wire and if if their three points shots are hitting and lonnie's hot from behind the arc and Dejounte starts feeling it a little bit and patty is definitely feeling it then this team is going to advance to face the winner of the the seven eight. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're not, and they're just you know thirty percent ish from behind the arc, then this is probably going to be a really close game at the end, and it's going to come down to you know a final shot here or there because we've seen that too. If they mm-hmm. are just completely ice cold from behind the arc, this Spurs season is going to end very quickly. Yeah, and if it wasn't for the playing tournament, the season would have been done already. <laughs> what, you know, so the Spurs definitely got to take advantage of this, and um, you know, look, at, you know, they're they're obviously saying the right things after these uh, last few games about the playing tournament. Once it was solidified that they're in, you know, does that feel like an oversimplification, Jeff? A little bit, but you look at, I mean. The fact that they made the play-in tournament is a miracle <laughs> to some degree sure. because of how bad their second half of the season was. Mm-hmm. The homestand, the nine-game homestand was a, was a disaster. You know, some of the losses they had towards the end of the season, you know, the the, yep. the blowing the lead, the 32-point lead against Boston. I mean, it was just some really, really, I thought, KO punches to this team collectively. They're just their mentality, the emotional state. I mean, the, the way they lost to Philly, you know, uh, they even lost the last game uh, to Phoenix, you know, on the tip-in. Um, you know, it just the, but they, they, I, I think the fact they made the play-in is is good. I mean, good. I mean, it, you couldn't ask for better. You know, we had this team pegged, uh, sure. you know, circling the bottom of the drain before the season started, and even when the season started, and 
just like the Spurs, we had ups and downs here in Lockdown Spurs when they played well in the first half. And we're thinking, first, they were fourth seed, sixth seed, worst case scenario. And then, well, the second half of the season started. So, like, like I was saying, it feels like an oversimplification, but if you look back at the Spurs throughout this season, I mean, they go as their three-point shots have kind of gone this year. <laughs> and yeah. it feels almost that simple to, if they're hot behind the arc, they're going to beat you. If they're average, you're locked in a, a game that's likely coming down to the wire. And if they're bad, this game's going to be over before the end of the first half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's that, pretty that much... just feels like the Spurs season to this point in a nutshell. Basically, yeah. Basically, that's that's pretty much what the season has been. Their wins and losses, and at least in the second half of the season, has really been like that. In the first half, you saw glimpses of other aspects of this team, what they can do. Remember mm-hmm. when they were able to withstand rallies from opposing teams and get the wins, and we saw that multiple mm-hmm. times. That obviously disappeared. As Defensively, you started to start some, see some yeah. things you liked early, and yeah. don't know what happened you, to all that. Yeah. <laughs> It is, you know, you, you mentioned about the simplification thing. You know, you look at what DeMar DeRozan had to say after the game versus Phoenix to, to close out the regular season. Um, he said it's going to be a, a nice story. I forgot the words he even said, but a good, I guess a feel-good story to see what this team had to overcome for them to make the play-in tournament. And if they succeed and go beyond that for a second game, you know, that this team has really exceeded. And maybe he's right. You know, you 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 look at the personal issues he had to go through. Uh, you look at the loss of Derek White in and out of that lineup, left and right. And as of now, Last out. Season. All you know, the COVID week that just I think that derailed their momentum because well, right before there that, the, there was the foot early. There was the COVID in the middle, yeah. and then there's the ankle here late. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, I, I mean, I know maybe not on that level, but you lose a body towards the end of the season, Lucas Amanich. You know, to a broken hand, basically. Um, you know, so you're down at least a young, promising kid that has shown flashes of some defensive tenacity and some offensiveness. At least you saw it in the G League. So, you, you and then for them to still be in the play, and that's pretty good. Now, it feels like they stumbled into it, though. <laughs> that's what it really feels like. Uh, but hey, you know, you got to take advantage of that, um, and I think they'll definitely do that. But it's it's definitely going to be a great game. It could be also the possible time. The last time we see Demar, Rudy, and Patty in the Spurs uniform, could yeah. be that as well. So um, yeah, you really want to tune in for this. What could be the final game of the season for San Antonio games? Where it looks like we're running out of time here. Um, but I know <laughs> yeah. you guys, uh, you guys at the uh, at ESPN San Antonio, the Blitz Saturday morning hangover. Well, I hope you'll have something to talk about more and more games for the Spurs on the Saturday next Saturday morning hangover. But nevertheless, what is going on with you guys? What can fans be looking forward to over at ESPN San Antonio this week? Oh, man, it's going to be a lot about this playing tournament as we get ready here going down the stretch um, with the Spurs and then when – and there's obviously more of that to talk about, but if the season concludes on, on Wednesday, I guarantee you the immediate shift is going to be what will this team look like next year. It is going to be the topic of conversation if the Spurs fall short in the play-in tournament on Wednesday. And if that happens, I guarantee you the next day, 
and the day after that and on the Saturday morning hangover, both the Blitz and the, the Saturday morning hangover and probably the Sunday sports grill, we're all going to be looking at the veterans that are free agents, the possibilities that they leave or return, and if they do leave with the Spurs amount of cap space that they will have, what on earth could this team look like next year? Because yeah. this feels like a turning point, uh, a, a very important offseason in what the future of the San Antonio Spurs is going to be. Absolutely. And uh, make sure everybody uh, tunes into ESPN San Antonio Radio this entire week as they'll be covering the Spurs. I'm pretty sure there's more NFL and everything else in between. But hey, you know, if you want to hear more uh, uh, sports, you know, just on the Locked On Network, well, then I suggest you go check out the Locked On Today podcast. It's all the sports you need in under 20 minutes. It gives you the latest news in every major sport with that local expert. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Uh, definitely be giving me some old, some stuff as we get ready uh, for Wednesday. Some stuff coming down the pipe that I think Spurs fans will enjoy as they Uh-oh. get the tune-up. Yeah, it's going to be good as they get the tune-up ahead of Wednesday's big game. So for James Pledger, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.